number two. Number two. It's like the biggest deuce in the pool we've ever seen. We are live in Traverse City. Should we clink them? Clink. Courtesy of our sponsors, Basil Hayden's. This is Nick and Jeff. We're honest dish with a side of hot sauce. Nail the mic noise. Oh, man. It's the third quarter of the fourth stanza. We are getting deep today. Last week, we definitely had our first uh, episode. It was why we were here, I think. It sounded official. We got to hear it back. It sounded, you know, we sounded like a, a real podcast. I think if we ever get into multi-level marketing, we're going to crush it. I 100%. Upcycle. 100%. Upstream. We have a place to sell, too. I haven't even figured out how to do this yet, but this is working. <laughs> Again, I'm Jeff. This is Nick. We're uh, honest-ish. With a side of hot sauce. As we said last time, we're here to make you laugh. We're here to make you cry. We're here to piss you off a little bit. But mainly, we're here for ourselves to have fun. Entertainment. Entertainment. Which will happen. Today's episode is called Falling in Love in 8.4 Seconds. Which is really what it's called. This is what it is really Jeff called. Jeff and I have both discovered this most of our lives. Every time Nick and I have ever either gone to lunch or gone for a drink or hung out, it always starts or at some point in the conversation, oh, I met her. This is the one. And he's like, oh, I met her too. This is the one. And usually the one has been like preceded by the other one, the one. And, you know, we've had a couple of them in our lives. I have. I know Nick has. And I think both of us are on the one right now. And that's the one. For sure. For sure. For sure. If, if, if you are the one and you are listening to this and you are currently the one, please don't be offended. Correct. If Katie, you are, I know you're out there. If you're I a love previous you. one, don't be offended. And if you're a future the one, just keep listening. <laughs> um, the reason I think I wanted to talk about this was because, you know, as a serial relationshipper, um, we, we had been kind of going back and forth on ideas and I said, you know, we both jump in and out of things. And then I was, we were like, what are we going to talk about this week? I was like, uh, falling in love in 8.4 seconds. And for me, it's, I don't know if it's happening again. It's always happening, I suppose, but, uh, it's every year or every other year usually, but it's, uh, maybe twice a year. Sometimes if we're lucky twice a year, it's like, it's like a butterfly. It's like you go into your cocoon, you come out, you're in love, you go back into your cocoon, you come back out. No, you go into your cocoon, you come out, you, you, chill for a little bit and then you fly to Mexico and then you come back and Mexico, Key West, yeah. Gron, it doesn't really matter. Well, <laughs> you just you find where it's going to take and you know, I think today we're going to talk about a couple things, you know, where our history with this, um kind of the life cycle of this and maybe, you know, put some thoughts in your guys's head that uh is this normal abnormal or, you know, maybe we'll find some theme here. So Falling in love in 8.4 seconds. I remember elementary school. There was a girl, obviously. Oh, boy. Her name was Stephanie Allen. She lived down the street, maybe like two blocks. Stephanie, if you're listening. I think you're married now, so, like, you're good. And I think you probably knew this. Like, um, I totally crushed on her. No idea why. But, like, she was, like, the chick that lived in the greenhouse down the way. And I was like, oh, yeah, that one's mine. Uh, totally didn't happen. Totally was like a super dorky like kid with like a little Jufro that looked really fucked up because all the other kids had spiky straight hair and I hate all you bastards, but <laughs> look at me now. Um, and it was just like every other year that would happen. I mean, I remember 
I remember asking out this girl in fifth grade at the roller skating rink, Bonaventure. I, I go up. Hold up, to hold her. up. Roller skates. Roller skates. Oh yeah. These uh, with mean, like the brake in the front. Brake in the front. All right. Um, this is still like a you know this is probably nineteen eighty nine ish. So what? What? How old are fifth graders? They're like ten, right? So I was ten. So that would have been like ninety two. Um, we had a roller skating place. I remember asking this girl to be my girlfriend. I don't really know why, or to go out with me, because that was the the parlance of our times then. And she sat next to me in class, and we always like teased and had a playful little like back and forth. And I was like, I'm in love. I love this woman. I'm gonna be with her forever, because forever back then was like. So short. I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I don't even think I want to like touch her physical person, but I was like, I want to like. She's mine. You're claiming that, her. Like, she will be mine. Oh, yes. She will be mine. I totally asked her out while roller skating. Oh, worst part happened. She's like, I'll get back to you. And I was like, oh, Put you on hold. shit. She had, to, she had to go home and check her DMs. She didn't even go home. Like, they didn't even have DMs back there. She literally <laughs> roller skated to the other side of the rink. I had like my dick in my hands, proverbially, and <laughs> this dude comes up to me later, and he's like, "Hey, uh, Melanie just wants to be friends. If that's cool." And I was like, "Oh yeah, totally. Like, didn't even care. Whatever." Because you're a fifth grader and you're a boy and you're terrified. Sent so. the dude over, like sent her, the dude, like the, her bodyguard, like the guy like... that she actually like fucked that dude. Oh, dude. Anyway, what's his name? Do we know? I think it was Danny Jade. Oh, all Dannys are dorks. Dude, total dork. And he was a Danny. Daniel, maybe, okay. Sorry, Dannys, but. Yeah, not Danny. You're a grown-ass adult. I know he was 10 or 11. But anyway, (laughs) I don't think anything of it. I go home. A little pissed. Uh, Next day, this uh, at the bus stop, one of the kids starts, like, teasing me about it. Um I don't know if that was the time I tried to strangle him to death or another time he teased me, but he definitely would get under my skin. And I remember this kid, like, we got into it a couple times. And one of the times my mom had to pull me off him at the bus stop because I started, like, getting on top of him, choking him, and hitting him in the face. And I was not a big dude. I just had a lot of rage. Anyway, be that as it may, my heart was broken. Um, And I really didn't do anything about that. And there was nothing to do. How did that affect you as an adult? Now, Does that affect you to this day? Did, did think, you learn anything from that? Well, I think she ended up hooked on the H for a while, like back okay. in the day. I know she's like pretty successful now, but I think she was a junkie for a hot minute. And you Uh-oh. know what? Don't uh, you say no to me. You're going to end up on the smack. So just like, you know, say yes. Um, <laughs> I remember like going into middle school. I always had like a girlfriend, right? Like, and most of that was for social climbing, right? You'd uh, like, who's your girlfriend now? And then I mean, I, I was. I had this girlfriend that I was, like, totally in love with until this, like, more popular girl was like, hey, you should dump her and be with this girl. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a total great idea. So I you know, played that middle school game. And middle school, I was just a callous little asshole because you remember being a boy in the middle school in the night. Oh. Well, you're a few years younger than me, but this is the mid-'90s where you don't get to have feelings. You don't get to, like, be in touch with yourself. You have to, like... Like run into people in the hallway and, you gotta like, be shoulder the badass. bump them. You, you got to be the badass. It's alpha, alpha all, all the way. day. It was it got into high school. I fell in love again. And there was this girl in my class. I totally like I remember seeing her in a bikini at like the swim, like uh we used to have a pool that we would go to in high school. And I remember seeing her and I was like, Man, I'm totally like gonna I don't know what I was gonna totally do, but she's gonna be mine. And I remember in class, 
Um, we had a history class together. I was like, I'm going to totally sit by her. We're going to do group projects. So we did this group project. I'm hanging out at her house. I mean, probably the first like five hours, I'm like, I like you. I really like you. And like, you know, we ended up being like boyfriend, girlfriend for a little while. And uh, I was totally in love until I wasn't because we didn't really have anything in common other than like we were both kind of smart. Um, but like I wanted to like hang out and smoke weed and party with my friends and she was very opposed to that and just it fizzled out when like it just did right because that's what happens in high school you just fizzle out and I, I didn't get really hurt I think she got a little more hurt but uh, you know jump from her to the next one to the next one to the next one and it was like everyone right away it was like 10 minutes in it's like man girl I think this is something special I mean my first second wife all about that. Hold on. How many times have you been married, Jeff? Technically two, sort of three. Okay. Uh, my f- No judgment. First wife. I remember meeting her and was like, man, them green eyes. And I was hit like a thunderbolt and didn't really think anything of it because I had a girlfriend at the time who I hated because that's what you do when you fall in love in eight seconds because you wait a little while. 8.4. 8.4. You'll end up hating them at some point. And I remember I, f- I was like, man, I saw this girl with these green eyes. I was like, man, she's smoking hot. Didn't even think anything of it. We like hung out and partied a couple times, like through other friends. And then one night we ended up, I think it was Michigan State, like uh, Sweet 16 or Elite Eight or Final Four. I don't really, really remember which one. And we're out at some party and like we're hanging out and like somehow we're like going back to my house. And like, you know, things got a little NC-17 there. And the next day I was like, this is the one I'm writing in my journal, like, oh my God, I'm so in love. And it was like, it could have easily been a one night stand, right? Like I didn't have to like buy into it, but she was pretty. So I was like, all right. So 8.4 seconds in, I'm like, this is amazing. Like this person's so awesome. They've got like all these things going for them. Like they're a really deep person. They've experienced some trauma in life. Like you've hit the love mark. Hit the love mark. So we're seeing each other, or I want to see her, and I'm about to graduate Michigan State, and she's, you know, not going to school really and just kind of meandering in the restaurant business and doing some side stuff. And, you know, we're hanging out that summer, and I would always be, like, available, right? Because, like, when you're in love, you're always super available. Well, I look back at that, and I I mean, I was journaling a lot during that time, and I look back at some of those, and it was like, I'd be like, hey, you want to hang out? And she'd be like, yeah. And then it was like, I wouldn't hear from her for hours until she was like blackout drunk. Or it was like, you know, it wasn't right. Because we'd hang out in groups and she'd be like flirting with other dudes. And I'm like, man, fuck this bitch. Like, I don't want to hang out with this woman. And come to find out, there was nothing like else going on. She just gets really drunk and like can't really function. Well, I'm still in love. But about 10 seconds in, I'm like, I don't really know if I'm really sure about this. Well, with her... She got pregnant at about 12 seconds in. Like, we got pregnant. She had to move out of her apartment because her lease was up. So I was like, oh, yeah, move in with me. I'll take care of everything, right? Super great idea. So we move in together. She's pregnant. I'm like, we should probably get married. I was like, no, we shouldn't get married. She's like, we shouldn't get married. But my parents were very, you know, interested. They wanted us to get married, and there was a lot of pressure. And I felt like, you know, we should probably do this. Uh, So about 8.4 seconds I'm in. All in, 10 seconds, I'm like, I'm not so sure. Well, in this case, 12 seconds in, she's pregnant. 15 seconds in, I'm like, let's get married. Everything's going to be fine. 
Well, if I had looked back at like, you know, seconds 10 through 12 where she was getting pregnant and I was pretty miserable, that probably would have been a lot smarter. Well, you know, we get married and then it was like, well, we got to slow this down a little bit or jump full in. So we jump fully in, get married, have a kid, hate each other, fully resent each other, have another kid. And then about a minute in, it's like, let's get divorced, right? This fucking sucks because we hated each other. So then it's like, all right, that's never going to happen again. Well, we get we get divorced, get back together, get divorced. Uh, so technically that's one because we didn't really do it. We did it twice, but we didn't finalize it. So we'll call that one. But then I meet another girl. And it was like, you know, we're sitting at the double wide in Traverse City. And if you are not from Traverse City, if you are from Traverse City, you know the double wide. Nick. Have to. Tell me something about the double wide. Share with our listeners. Dude, it's two bars into one. The uh I mean it, it's 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 the place to go when you're in your early twenties, right? Like that's where all the I, I go there now and I feel like an gosh, old pervert. I, oh my gosh, I, I need I need to I need to hide myself in the corner. But there is the guy in the corner that's, you know, he's 50 or 60 or 70, and he's just, you know, staring at all the young broads, and they're... Creeping on the young creeping tail. Creeping on the young tail. But no, it's it's a... I mean, I, I respect the people that work there. I know a couple of bartenders that work there. But, uh, you know, it's the, it's, it's the place to be in your 20s. It's I was definitely the place to be in your 20s. Late 20s, probably 28, 29, I think, 28, and... It was back in the day. I don't know if they have it. It was called Pint Night. It was super yep, cheap. They drinks. still have it. Anyway, dollar pints. Dollar pints. So on I used Wednesday. to go. I worked in an office at the time, suit and tie every day, and I would go in there like later in the evening. I'd go to the gym, you know, leave the office, go to the gym, go chain, you know, go back into my work clothes because that's all I had. Clean up, go to the double wide, and it'd be my literally women would come up like, "Do you have a job interview today?" I play it off one way or another. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it went great. Or no, like this is what I do anyway. I'm si- this was a night where we weren't suit and tie. I had a friend in from out of town, and I was showing him Traverse City. So we go out. It's pint night. We go to the double wide, and there's this blonde girl with these like bright blue eyes. And you know what, Alex, if you are ever listening, I have no idea if you have blue eyes. I'm pretty sure you do. Anyway, we're both Google-eyeing each other across the bar. She's wasted. I don't know this. I'm wasted, but I'm pretty coherent. And I think we end up like the night just like, hey, you right? Yeah. It's, yeah, I've been waiting for you my whole life. And it was like Forrest Gump meeting Jenny, just meeting each other. With no, a southern like Southern draw. Southern draw. And neither of us, like nothing happened. I got her number and I was like, oh man, I met this girl at the bar. Super hot. And frankly, I have no idea if she was hot. And you are still a hot woman. Just letting you know that, young lady. But I had no idea at the time. I went home like on airs. I was super elevated. I'm pretty sure we were making out at the hot dog s- store across the street or uh, House of Dogs. Um, nothing sexier than making out with a woman with a walking taco. Um, but it was like 8.4. Then we're dating for a couple weeks. And like a month later, it's like, bam, you're my girlfriend. I'm going to be with you forever. You know, a year later, she's moved in. A month after she moves in, she moves out. She moves back in. My kids love her. They cry when she leaves. Terrible. We never got married. So much drama in 8.4 seconds. So tell the people, we, we clearly have your history now. Super half of it. Uh, like maybe happening. a quarter. Happens every time. So why do we fall in love in 8.4 seconds? I feel like this is something that, I mean, even I've done as, you know, in, in my younger years. I've, I've again, Katie Earmuffs, I, I, she's 
I'm totally open with her. She knows about my dating past. You know, I've had a rough dating past. I've, I've made some poor choices. It took me a while to kind of grow up, but you know, I've, I've always kind of like, I mean, my family, my friends know I've, and you know, you said it yourself, I've, I've always been the one to, man, oh man, I found her, you know? Um, I, I, I'm to a point now where I've finally settled down with a person that I feel like I can spend the rest of my life with. But in my younger years, you know, I don't know if it was probably some insecurity, probably a little bit of dude, it's Disney movies. I swear. It's like everybody meets little mermaid it's got like me, they man. Get, and they meet and it's happily ever after. And nobody ever tells you happily ever after has to include dealing with their bullshit. Like, I'm sorry if you don't want to clean your dishes. If you made the fucking dinner, like, either you clean it up or you ask for help. You don't say, I got this, and wait three days and leave it in the sink. That is not love. <laughs> the, problem with, <laughs> the problem with my dating past is that, like, it would get so intense so fast, and then it would, like, die off and I'd get bored. Like, that is, that is, that is like, to a T what my issue was. And not to sound like a priest but i think a lot of that has to do with lustful sinful behavior of young men because all that love that i found was in some female's pants and you are supposed to not put that pussy on a pedestal and you know that we both know that so it's like it's 100 percent what what happened and um you know i've i've hurt people in my past and uh learned from that and but yeah, I mean, I've always been the one, to, along with yourself, Jeff, who just fall in love quick because it's like, all right, this is great. All right, cool. We're doing this. All right. I love you. All right. What's next? What's um, next? You know, if I would have taken my mother's advice, she's just like, she. my mom would always tell me, why don't you just date for a while? What like, is that even like? I know. Like, Have you I, ever done that? No. Because ah. I'm like, mom, you're from a different age. Like, it's different now. You don't date for a while. You Get right into it. Get just jump in, like you just, know. I mean, now make a baby. we're now we're sending nudes on Snapchat and like doing shit like that. You know, man. Like I don't things, ha- I don't have things Snapchat. are getting pretty serious. We've talked online for a couple hours each night. So like, uh, when are we gonna hang out? I guess you can say things are getting pretty serious. No, so I mean, you know, I I uh, I was the typical bullheaded, you know, boy and thought I knew everything and I didn't. Do you think it's just because we're like lonely, like? We're Could just be. two less lonely people in the world. Send them down to be fine. It's a little <laughs> air supply. Just killing that. I mean, like, are we lonely or is it like it's exciting? Because I remember like when things are exciting, I think I have historically confused excitement with like actually being in love. And until 100%. Until this 2019, last year. I acknowledge the only people I've ever been in love with were my children. And there's a lot of other people in the past. And there was a lot of like, if I really analyze it, it's like, oh, yeah, big boobs does not mean I'm in love with you. Because we have hot sex in weird places, and I'm not talking about the butt, I'm talking about like weird (laughs) geographical places, that does not mean it's love. I mean, that's fun and that can be super helpful, but it's like, Where's my best friend? Well, my best friends are like my homies and like that's cool, but like I don't really want them like sniffing on my neck. So, you know, is it we keep repeating this behavior? Are we lonely? Are we disnified? Are we like suckered into this like fairy tale story? But like we're dudes. Or is it just like, you know what? The chase is so exciting and we just get back into the chase and then we confuse that with like what it 
really isn't. Right. Yeah. I th- I think for a while that's what it was. I mean, you know, I mean, everyone could admit the chase is fun, you know, but you gotta you you gotta grow out of that. And life's not about the chase because who wants to be eighty with old balls just alone chasing other eighty year old women? Wait. You know. But if I'm eighty with old balls, why do I have to chase eighty year old women? I'm planning to be super rich, and hopefully they're like forty five. But I don't want to be doing that either because they'll be like the age of my grandkids. Right. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, life's all about living with someone and, and someone having your back and finding that person that's, you know. Are you going to figure it out? I, I think I got it figured out. I mean, I've discovered what space means. I've discovered the things that I need. Like in my 30s, I discovered that, you know, it's healthy for me to have like dude nights once in a while, you know? Yeah. I, I think, think that makes a healthy relationship. I just. I mean, but that's it, me. I mean, that that the, yeah. I I'm a social butterfly. I I thrive off social settings, right? Like I know that about myself, and you know, it, that that uh, that helps me kind of recharge. I I think the recharge is important. Um, I've been very poor at listening to my own boundaries in the past. Um, I think my last girlfriend, like real girlfriend, she uh, it was really like we met. I was like. Moved into a new house, new neighborhood. She lived, like, down the street. So, one, it was super convenient, right? Like, we're both sneaking into each other's houses and, you know, hanging out and doing adult activities when we're probably supposed to be raising our kids. But uh, I just got out of being married. And it was like, oh, yes, we're going to be together forever. And everything was great for, like, two weeks. But then it was like, yeah, I kind of want to see other people. So we were doing that. And then it was like, oh, no one's trusting anyone. You know, I'm getting tracked on, like, Google Maps. All my messages are being read. I'm having to, like, corroborate. Like, it says you were at the office, but it also says you were here. I'm like, I don't know. I have a work phone and a personal phone. Maybe GPS is charting me all over Traverse City because I sure as heck wasn't going anywhere. I was sitting in my office most times. So I'm taking live pictures of me, like, at my computer to prove that I'm not, like, fucking around. Well, that's crazy. That's nuts. And when you do that over and over again. I've done again, that, though. Yeah, I have, too. And so it's like you live in that, and you're like, oh, this is totally normal. I'm doing this because I'm in love. I'm in love. Right. And it's like, oh, God. And so I worry myself at 37. I'm not getting any younger. It's like, I'm gonna, am I going to do this again? Am I going to do it again? How many more times am I going to run this, this gamut? And I know I've grown, and I get that. There's been a lot of life since then. And I get that I acknowledge boundaries. But man, there's that hopeless romantic in me that still is like, man, wouldn't it be great to find my person and settle down? And like, you know, I even told my kids like at times, like, I, I don't think I'm going to get a girlfriend again until you guys are at least the older two are out of the house. And, you know, my oldest is like, well, does that mean like when we leave you alone and broke and you're selling newspapers and phone books on the street, are you going to find someone then? I'm like, that's a real statement. By I the don't way. think anyone's going to want to find me at that point, but uh it is, it's a little scary. And, uh, you know, this is a more serious topic than I think we thought it would go. But, you know, I think the thing I've learned is if I keep a little more honest with my boundaries, I'll do all right. Yeah. Um, if I don't lie to my therapist, usually I'll do all right because I'll go there for like weeks and fucking lie. And then I just won't go because she'll, you're, she'll you're know. Not, you're doing yourself Everyone's a disservice. Everyone's wasting their time. I yeah. shit. My second divorce, I remember like fretting on this forever and then finally she was like you can't come back here until you like do something i'm like okay you won't see me for a while but uh no i i i mean side like side note full disclosure like i have i've dated girls in the past that i just had a trust issue and and 
you know, there were times in my past that I haven't been faithful. Um, that that's a that's a dark demon, you know, that I've learned to, um, well, overcome. I guess you know, I've, I've that it's taken me a while to kind of look at myself and look within and figure out why I'm doing that. And it's because orgies are not socially acceptable. <laughs> that's why. But it, you know, I, I discovered living life like lying or withholding information, just like, I don't know, it's, it's drives me nuts because I already am kind of an anxious person. So like if I'm constantly holding back information or, you know, lying, it's just, it, it becomes, uh, well, you know, you want to barf once in a while. Like, but so back in the, back in the day, I, I had a hard time trusting and, I would drive by girls' houses, you know, to see if they were home at like, I mean, did 11, 12 were, at night. With like, that giant lift kit and no muffler, did they th- know? This you- was pre that. This was pre that. <laughs> yeah. This was like, yeah, this is a while ago. But like, I did that for a while. And I think part of it, learning now, it was my own, you know, insecurities because of the way that I was being. Um, so... So we're just two insecure guys that are just trying to fall in love and have something that's real and we just can't do it. Oh, we got to cut the mic. I can't handle this shit anymore. But I think that the challenge for us is like to not fall into the same routines, to be able to like be honest with ourselves, which includes. Yeah, well, honest-ish has kind of been an egg in my face most of my life. And I think for you too. And I think as we get older, we're realizing like, man, Brutal honesty is some bullshit, but we got to try it once in a while sometimes because it's like how we get out of those situations or it's how we actually make those like real into like real things. And, you know, we, you know, we'd love to hear thoughts, emails, like send us a message. Tell us, like, do you fall in love in 8.4 seconds or are you like a Stonewall Jackson? You wait months and months or you wait in years. I mean. Is it the refrigerator up there between your pants? Like I, I don't know what it is or the right way, but I feel like the dudes won't won't be responding to us with that because our next episode is on vulnerability. That is our next episode, and I don't know if there's a lot of vulnerable dudes out there. There's more. There's not so many vulnerable dudes out there. We're gonna think about that, but I think at least to me to recap. You know, it, it is fun, you know, falling in love and hit, hitting it hard. Like we both, I mean, I remember sitting at North Peak one time with you and we're just like, oh man, yeah, this one's it. And you're like, yeah, you've changed. Yeah, you're changed too. And it's uh-huh. like looking at each other over the years, it's like, yeah, I think both all, all those situations have changed us, but mostly for us to acknowledge like really at the end, what really works or doesn't. And I think we've both broken a lot of eggs and kind of figured like, nope, that ain't the omelet I like. Mm-hmm. This ain't a brie cheese, broccoli bacon omelet. Can't handle this shit. And I think we're now at the point where we're saying, you know what? Maybe it's okay to fall in love in 8.4 seconds, but maybe it's all right, equally okay to say, that's what happens to me. And I just got to know that as I go through the rest of these 60 seconds, two years, 10 years, whatever, and yep. deal with that shit. Because, yep. you know... The only thing I've ever noticed is like really, really old people like that have been together a long time. They will tell you it sucks. But then like there's a point where it doesn't suck and it's awesome. Yep. So maybe like the first two minutes are good. You get like 20 years where it's shit. And then it gets good again. You know, <laughs> good luck with that. Right. Like it's words to live by. 20 years of shit. And it'll get better. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if I want to talk about this ever again. Like this is, I'm like, you know, it's here's awesome. some deep secrets. You guys now know. Oh should, God. Should be. This is why I don't drink bourbon. I feel like I'm kind of buzzed already. Dude, we're not buzzed. But yo, this episode brought to you by Joe Rogan and Basil Hayden's. Am I fighting Joe Rogan on this episode? Dude, the Joe Rogan cage match is episode 100. If we okay. get enough listeners and get to 100, Joe Rogan, if you're out there, mark are, our words. We are calling your short ass out. You think you're a libertarian? I got your number. Like the spawn <laughs> of Ron Paul and Ludwig von Mises. What up now? All right. Um, hey, cheers. cheers. We finished that one. Not cheers. terrible. I'll Not give terrible. us a B minus ish. If I'm being honest-ish, maybe a C. All right, cut mic. Yep. See ya!